This is part two of my two-part conversation with Patrick Carey of the band Limbeck. In part one, we talked about what it was like to be in a band that toured as much as eight months out of the year. Listen now as we talk about how Patrick made the transition from guitar player to graphic designer. Did you have any idea what you were going to do when the band ended at this point? Because you had been touring basically pretty much full time. Like you weren't working. It yeah, like, no. Right? I mean, I, yeah, I, de- I definitely, you know, like you said, you, you asked earlier if I had was doing any of the design stuff early. I wasn't, but then at that point in, in our band, I was definitely doing a lot more um, kind of laying out EPs and stuff and doing t-shirt designs and certain merch ideas and website stuff and kind of a little bit of everything. I think that's, I think that's the thing that we did really well as a, as a band, like especially Rob and I were really driven from that DIY do it yourself spirit where it was just like, that's the best way to do stuff is do it yourself. So, I, so yeah, we were doing a lot of that stuff, which I think really honestly built my, built my, uh, my design, my graphic design portfolio kind of out of all that stuff. But I, I knew I wanted to get into that, but I didn't know how. So I went, I finished, finished, I went back to school and finished, um, going to school and then while I was going to school, I had lunch with a friend um, who who was I believe she, she she was she she knew me from playing in Limbeck, but I went to have lunch with her and she was working at Volcom and I I said, hey uh, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to get an internship right now, but I just don't I have no idea what to do, and she's like come inside right here. Like you got you can get an internship here. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I never thought about that. That's insane. So it was a really fluid, awesome, right place, right time chain of events where I was like almost done with school. Then she took me up and I met the people that ran the record label division of the company. Um, and then was like, yeah, I'm looking for an internship. And they're like, are you sure? Cause I was like, you know, I was, it wasn't really like college age at that point. Right. You're a 30 year old dude who's yeah. been on the road for a few <laughs> yeah. years so like with a kid. And I'm with like, kid, well, yeah. Dude, I'm, yeah. And I was, I mean, we kind of, you know, like our, our past kind of overlapped, like the guy that was running the label, Ryan Immigart, he'd played in a, in a band called the line and did a bunch of touring and he knew where I was coming from for sure. And he was, he was happy to, to help me out and give me that internship. And that definitely, I mean, that is exactly where I'm, why I'm at, where I'm at now, but wait, so um, it's pronounced Volcom. I've Vol- never known that. Yeah. Volcom. Yeah. When I've, I mean, I've just always read it and I've always yeah. read it as Volcom. Yeah. So that's yeah. good to know. All right. Volcom. So, all good. Okay. So one, just to kind of go back a little bit, when you were in the band and you started doing graphic design and you were doing layouts and some t-shirts and stuff, did you ever in the back of your mind think, this could be useful in the future or were you still fully focused on Limbeck in the time and you weren't thinking about that? I, I think I, I, I definitely thought it was something I would hang on to and, and develop as a skill. I think I, yeah, I, I think I knew, I knew I was doing something that felt worth my while. With and kind of coming stuff. full circle back to your original art background. Yeah. But yeah. something that's I mean, actually applicable com- and <laughs> commercial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, totally. it's not it's not fine art that you're starving and yeah, uh, totally. So you you managed to get this internship and you, so you're kind of starting at the bottom of the totem pole. I yeah. assume. Yeah. What was your early work like at Volcom? I was doing a, like at, like I was doing um, 
ad, ads and record layouts and a lot of stuff that overlapped into what I was doing for the band. So it was really, it, it felt really cool to be able to do that in, in like an actual job. Um, yeah, it was, I guess I was interning with the record label side of the company who, who, who did, you know, they, they put out a, a good handful of records. And at the time we had, there was a band called Riverboat Gamblers and a band called Valiant Thor that we were working with and like a few others, but um, doing ads for Thrasher magazine or alternative press. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I was, I was doing that a bunch and um, web banners and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so production kind of just, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they generally, generally at that point they'd come in with um, their record laid out or, or the art ready for, ready for layout. So sometimes I'd work with the band and, get stuff into how they'd want it to look or sometimes it'd be dialed. So then just kind of the production side of throwing that into an ad and throwing that into a web banner or whatever. Yeah. So what was it like going from being a, a guy who's been on the road for a long time and playing guitar and, and singing back up and limb back to being in an office? <laughs> I was excited. I mean, I think like I know Rob and I were both excited about that change of pace and the, just the, the, the consistency, I think, you know, at that point with, with everything going, how it was with the band, it was like, um, Oh, I mean, even though this wasn't a job at that point for me, it was like the start of something like a possibility like that. So it was, it was like, and I got, I think I got like certain, certain, certain times they'd be able to kick down a little bit of money or like, definitely I got a, a bunch of, of free jeans and stuff, but, but <laughs> so it just didn't felt like, necessarily shop for clothes. <laughs> exactly. So it felt, it felt like, Oh yeah, this makes sense. Like you do something and it's, you, you can pretty much bank on consistently getting something from your work, you know, versus like, being in a band com- where it's a lot more compensation. Fickle. Yeah. And it, you, nothing was nothing. You couldn't, you couldn't count on anything with the band stuff where it's, you know, you have no idea how many people are going to, come to a show on a given night or how many people are going to buy a record. But with a job you have, I mean, you know, when I got into actually having the job there, the consistency of that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So you were ready for it. It sounds like at that time in your life, like you love touring and everything, but definitely ready for a change. Yeah. And I, I, it's funny. I remember, um, my boss at the time was like, so you're not going to just like jump out and go on a tour. Like, and I was like, no, that's, that's out of my system. Like it's all good. Cause it's, it's funny. Like I think right before when I was interning, I had to take a couple weeks off cause I, I toured with Ruben's accomplice. They were, they had some, cra- they had some crazy awesome tour they got on and I just, I couldn't pass it up because they wanted to, they wanted to have fill out their band a little bit and have, I played pedal steel with them for a tour and we were, it was, I think it was the Jimmy world clarity re-release tour oh that's awesome yeah it was insane i that mean i was probably such really a, fun a big jimmy Eat world fan so oh, me too it was so cool and so, ruben's accomplice are awesome like if people yeah. if you haven't heard them oh, um, their sons of men record is amazing i think so good so good yeah so that was that was just funny timing like right before i was still interning but did that tour and then shortly after that tour there was a position that opened up in the art department um kind of a little bit like I I was still working with the record label 
side of things, but then jumping into other production art for like surf and skateboarding ads and snow ads and stuff like that. And so, that was a legit paid job, not an yeah, internship anymore. Yeah. Okay. So that and, was, that was also kind of another, I feel like you will, I think that was the basis of my internship was, you know, I got into the internship and I was like, this is, this is awesome. This, this kind of job would be, you, you know, as, as far as transitions to, to like corporate jobs, that was the least, the furthest thing from your average corporate job, I guess. Cause it's, super loose as far as far as i mean i i guess maybe a lot of people don't know but volcom's like a surf skate snowboarding company and it's really loose and it's like it still is like you know uh my work environment's like really loose very open and we have a, a stereo playing all day with a record player and um wear whatever you want it's it's really loose so I feel lucky that I fell into that because I, I feel like a super a super hard U-turn would have been a little bit more difficult, um, just uh, lifestyle wise. So there was enough music crossover, I think, in the culture yeah, part of that I helps. Like there's that vibe. Totally, it felt felt good and it felt comfortable. So. And what did your wife feel about this at the time? Like, was she pretty supportive? Did she think this was a good thing for you to be doing? Yeah, I think she she was. I rem- we had a conversation about it because there was a certain point where um, I was still interning, and somehow they were able to let let me continue to intern. But I'd finished school, and I and I told them I was like, I I don't have another. I don't, there's nothing that I want to do right now, job wise. I'd I'd rather stay here for a little bit more and see if there's any possibilities that happen as I learned to like understand the, the job and like the, the brand more. And they were, they were supportive of that at Volcom. So I talked to my wife, Carolyn, and I was like, if, Hey, let's like, can we, can I just have till like the end of the year to see if anything happens here? Um, which was probably, probably like a June, June, I graduated from UC Irvine and then, I said, give me till December, you know, just to float around here. And then if, if nothing happens, then come January, like I'll, I'll get real and actually like look like actively look for work or a job. But then, uh, December, I think, sorry, uh, September, I remember it was September when, uh, the position opened up. So I got lucky. Was it hard for you to adjust to uh, the routine of being at home all the time and then having now a son who is very young, obviously, and then being with your wife all the time? Or was it a pretty were you ready for that transition? I think I was ready for that. I think that just the consistency, this consistency of that was welcomed at that point. Just like the work consistency, the home life consistency was. Yeah. And I I also I, I do know there was a time when I did, I think, before the job. And even before this going back to school where I did it, where I did it like a, maybe it was like a two week tour or a three week tour. And my son had, you know, like early on they progressed so fast. So I came home and I was like, oh my gosh, he's such, he's so different after these, these <laughs> three weeks. And I just really tripped out on, on how much I missed. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if that, that's going to work anymore. So, cause I, cause yeah, cause I, I had him before we totally called it quits, but I think we, at that point we were 
we made the decision that we couldn't do anything bigger than like a month or or three weeks maybe it was or something. But then you realize that even that is too much. Even that's too much at that point. Yeah. Yeah. At least for what for for what we were doing, you know, like it's not like I think if I was making enough money where 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 my wife wouldn't have to work, but she would she was, you know, doing everything at that point. So it felt pretty unfair to like I'm going to go on this little tour and make a couple hundred bucks and you know, like whatever. So, which as a, again, like a 22 year old, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, that's awesome. But then yeah. as a 30 year old or 31 year old, that's, it doesn't yeah. really cut it. Kids are expensive. Health insurance is expensive. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. okay. So you're adjusting to the transition and, and it's going well then it's, it's, it sounds like at that point. So how does your career start progressing at Volcom? Um, just, I think I, I was so enthusiastic to have that opportunity that um, I think I've, I've just, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm still just, I feel, feel lucky to have, to be where I'm at and just to be able to do what I do. So like just being enthused, I think just being enthusiastic, I think at that position early on where um, just taking on different opportunities and, and working on different projects that would kind of evolve and get bigger and bigger um, just led me to continue on at that pace of just getting into bigger projects. And, bigger and you were getting noticed then, I assume? Like people yeah. appreciated and understood your enthusiasm and, and knew that you could make projects happen or you brought something to the table that was unique? Yeah, definitely. Maybe. Definitely. I think, um, Man, I don't know. I think maybe just a little bit of an outsider opinion too was maybe kind of cool and in, in in for me to have coming in because I think a lot of people um, have really not that it's necessarily I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, but just a lot of people have grown up with that whole industry and haven't really. I mean, that's just what they grew. They completely like were cemented into in the area. Um, and although that was there for me and I was kind of like in it a little bit, it wasn't, I got into music so early that I was just kind of sidetracked into music. So coming in with like a, a little bit of an outside opinion, um, was, was maybe fortunate for me in that job. And these people, their lives from 18 to uh, whatever, 28, 29, were all pretty probably similar. They went to school, they got an entry-level job, and they've ba- basically been in the design world ever since. Whereas you <laughs> had a little bit of design stuff and then were in this touring band for you know a long time. And maybe that's then where that perspective that you're talking about comes from. Yeah, yeah. Living I, a totally different life. Well, yeah, and, and, and I think just as far as the industry goes, as far as like action sports, I think I was... I was, there was always a little, like I, I always enjoyed surfing, but it wasn't, it wasn't like what I was doing every day or anything. I was, you know, playing shows. So I think coming into that with just a, I, I, I think my work ethic, I think too, with being the more business end of stuff, I think, it, and just knowing that how to get things, how to make things happen and get things done, I think, um, helped me. Did you feel like you had something to prove being somebody who was a little bit older coming into it as an intern and then getting a, a full-time job? Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I mean, that was, that was just, uh, I, I don't think I, I don't think I ever really, really thought about it too much, but I think it definitely 
made me feel like I had to get busy fast. I think just coming in from that angle. Cause you, cause there's, there's other interns that are, you know, in college at their real realistic age of college where, <laughs> where I'm yeah. like, yeah, man, I got a kid and a wife and, you know, just trying to, trying to make things work. And I think that that, I mean, going back to school and yeah, that whole process, I think having that, being at that position in my life, like really drove me to, to have the work ethic that I, that I do, you know? And so then eventually, when did you end up becoming an art director at Volcom? Um, that was a, probably about a year and change ago. And and how did your life change then in terms of day-to-day responsibilities? Like what does your average day look like now? Man, I'm just so I'm so busy. That's what that's what blew that's what blew this podcast for a couple of weeks. I think uh this this kind of this we just passed my busiest time of year where I'm um we're working on our, our like we're we're on like a quarter quarter system as far as our our um seasons go for our apparel and stuff. So we're working on our fall 2016 line and, and like finishing photo shoots and um, developing campaigns for that, for our uh, denim campaign that's going to come out then for fall. But we're also, this is like our, our one time of year where we're working on our snowboarding outerwear line um, simultaneously. So it's kind of the, just like uh, crunch time because everything comes in at once. And then that's my job to work with our creative director and head of marketing, um, head of marketing, who was also the guy that originally came in with the record label. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, he headed the record label, but then like a couple years after I got hired, he, uh, got promoted into the, uh, VP of marketing job. Um, so that was awesome. Like, I've always worked closely with him from day one, but now we're working even closer. Um, him and I and the art director, or sorry, the creative director to, um, hash out campaigns for stuff. So, so this, this last couple of weeks, it's been really busy, um, hashing out our denim campaign for fall and then hashing out a snow campaign, um, for next year as well. And how much actual design do you get to do versus kind of um, appointing people underneath you in the in the direction that you want to go in? Quite a bit at, at this point in the process. It's all we're we're at the real um, creation of the campaign um, part of the calendar for us. So we we build a lot of assets to go into our catalogs and our line plans to to present to our sales reps and the buyers and stuff. So we're really getting into um, yeah, just kind of the, the details of the campaign. So we really have to hash out a lot of design work and, and we, we've, uh, this, for this next year, we've, we've got into our, like our, our denim campaigns taken on some, some new elements to, to really elevate the product. And that was on us as like, as my job and the creative director and, and the marketing director to, um, to figure out how we're going to tell that story visually and, you know, in a, in like a print and digital context. Sure. So, um, there's just a lot, yeah, like a lot of, there's like, I mean, I've, I, this last couple of weeks, I think there was at least three nights a week where I'd work like 14, 15 hour days in a row. 
It was just crazy. I might, might as well have just slept at the office. It was so crazy. <laughs> but it sounds, just, yeah, oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's like yeah, it sounds like you you're thriving on the challenge of it, or that you definitely. I can hear it in your voice. Like this yeah, is something that you love doing for sure. It's and and I think that's that's a thing that if you told me that mid band that I have this job now, it wouldn't have really made sense to me. I think, but just it now it's it's like I just feel like it was kind of like the path I was meant to follow. You know, like. Uh, just felt really natural, the whole transition. And then now how I just, you know, gotten just really passionate about my job and how um, it works to, to like take the pieces of what we do as like, as, as far as an action sports company and, and, and what that, what that means to have like a, like a surf team and a skate skate team and whatever, and then transition that into telling a product story, a relevant product story that makes sense um, as far as what your brand is and what your product is and what it all, the whole package means, you know, so definitely passionate about that now, but I, I don't think at the time, at the time I would have been like, what really, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like selling, selling jeans and like whatever, like didn't, wouldn't have sounded real. I have a me. feeling that everything you just said would have been like a foreign language probably to you, you know, when you were in oh, the middle of being in the com- band, probably completely completely but yet you were still actually probably doing some of those things with the band you know trying trying to tell the band's story um because i mean bands are brands too sort of kind of right oh totally completely uh, but definitely thinking in not thinking in um like analytic kind of um (laughs) like real marketing terms i was just like what can we do for this like how weird can we make this ad which i mean i think definitely this 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 company um there's definitely a, a really cool history of, of, of weirdness in our company with like kind of zine culture and um, like the DIY stuff, like is definitely still very embedded in the DNA of what we do. And um, I think that was such a, just like a really cool um, connection to my, to my, my, my past and especially my early, like, you know, when I was in high school, playing in garage bands with Rob and making zines and, um, doing that whole print and, uh, that whole print process, I think has definitely come in handy for me now this, this far down the road. Um, and, and that kind of like, yeah, that work ethic and just, and, and that aesthetic I think has definitely come full circle. For you, is it important to feel that sense of um, unity with the mission of the company you're working for? Like, does that make does that make you more excited about going to work every day because you feel like you understand that that culture that you're talking about? Completely. I I think that that I mean, it's at some points it's even so much that it that it scares me. Like I like I I kind of trip out on. I feel I feel like that happened with the band too. It's it's like you you're doing that and and it becomes your identity so much like that, that was, you know, it was another scary thing about stopping the band was it's your, it, it is your identity. Like, that's what I, like, I, I wasn't Patrick Carey. I was Patrick Limbeck. Like, I'm sure that's what I was in pe- certain people's phones. And, um, that's just, yeah, it was my identity. So then kind of now na- na- fast forward. Now it's like, I, I feel so, my, so in like that that culture and everything's so embedded in me now it's like i'm 
it Patrick would, Volcom. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, it's it's hard. It's not hard. It's just like like I feel so involved and and uh, passionate about it. It's like like how like what's like if is is there a next or like I mean I'm super I'm super happy and comfortable with this, but it's it's kind of like that same thing. It's like if if there is a next and whenever like like there's going to be, I mean, I guess that's just, that's a good thing. I, I guess I, I flip flop with that. No, maybe not flip flop, but like I can always kind of come back and talk to myself and talk myself into that. It's, I feel like it's definitely a positive to feel that passionate about what you do. Cause it's, I think a lot of people would kill for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it's, you, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's, that's a, it's a, it's the, I, I guess it's the, the only part of it. It's the identity part of it because it's like, you you get so especially now like in the you know in this like i don't want i don't want to call it a scene but it's just kind of like what i do it's like that's what people know you as right. and i i not that I, I it's not like i like totally like <laughs> i guess i literally wear that on my sleeve but i'm not <laughs> like uh like i don't rely on that but um but it's still a deep part of who you are completely and yeah. there's i guess i can see i think where you're going with this is it's potentially it's dangerous to have something that's completely out of your control and outside of you so define your identity yeah to- totally you you put that in good ter- terms like i think i think that like with the that was the thing that i had the control of in the band it's like it's my it's 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 my band along with three other people yep, it's not a corporation it's not a corporation but now it's like I feel so passionate about this thing, but at the end of the day, it's not my baby like the band is. It's like, and I, and I appreciate that. Like, I appreciate the fact that there are, you know, obviously there's like, Oh, there's a lot of bigger players than me, but there's, there's also a lot of passionate people and, um, there's a lot more people involved in this operation, but, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, the, the, I f- yeah, I feel like it would be hard to do something now that I don't feel passionate about. For oh, sure. This for is, sure. This is all really interesting. I, <laughs> uh, very interesting. So how many people do you have working um, underneath you or do you have a team that you're responsible for? Kind of. There's like, a, there's like maybe two or, th- two or three people that, that work with me that I, that I oversee. Um, kind of on a day-to-day basis. And then there's kind of a, a bigger portion of people that I, that, that I'm not like directly, you know, I'm not like hovering art director, but I'm definitely there, um, as a supporting factor for the end result where it's like, I'll oversee, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, I oversee a lot of stuff, but, um, do you like that part of your job being that kind of mentor and, and, uh, being somebody that that people go to and come to for help and in, in what they're trying to do, I do. I think I, I think there's pros and cons with that. I think uh, in our structure, uh, currently, like we, we like I said earlier, we have a very open structure where it's like um, you know no no cubicles or anything. It's just like wide open, kind of loud and whatever. But um, it gets sometimes like like these last couple of weeks where it's like I've been so busy. Um, with stuff that I have to do that it's, it's, it gets a little tricky to, to make that balance where it's like, maybe if I had an office, like a little bit more corporate office where I'd be like doors closed, blinds closed and just be like head down doing my work. But the, 
the given given our layout, it's like I'm kind of available for whoever, whenever. Um, and I like that. I like which is both good and bad. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then it's like, like I told my wife, it's like it feels like it's felt like like I really couldn't dig into my own stuff until about five p.m. and then I'd be there till like midnight, and that would be my real productive time to get what I need to do done. But the rest of the day is more about meetings and um, supporting and, you know, helping people get where they need to go. Whoever can solve that conundrum of management is going to be a very successful person. It's, I, it's in cloning. Eric. That, there it is. Exactly. <laughs> so you are uh, not only off uh, <laughs> doing your own production design work, but then you've got a clone who is uh, answering questions and exactly. helping and looking at other people's art. and Exactly. Yeah, that. Or like yeah. one of those like uh, those like uh artificial intelligence um the robots were you know on the web like like e-commerce websites where they check in with you and they're like how can i assist you there you go like just build one of those that's a little bit more graphic design driven (laughs) you can like upload a jpeg and they'll give you their insight problem solved there you go and then you can program it with what you know the feedback that you would give or like basically your (laughs) brain kind of yeah yeah so given that you especially in this busy time have really heavy hours uh and the fact that you have two other children now as well right you have three boys yeah and your wife works still as a teacher full-time yep how do you guys do that how do you man it's just it's become the it's become the normal which i i think that's another thing it's like i i you know, given the band days where that your, your schedule's what it is and it's very loose and, um, e- easily changed. Uh, but now it's, it's, I, I mean, my, I, I'm lucky, I'm really lucky to have, again, really lucky to have my job because I could show up at eight thirty when everybody's getting sta- started or it's like, if I have a little bit of a slower morning with the dudes, I can show up at like, nine thirty or ten or something and um everything's cool. Nobody's getting too but mad at you for that. Was, like it's yeah. yeah that helps. So it's it's very lucky. I'm very lucky to do to have that. But um yeah it's just boys kind of now? they're uh eight eight, four and one and a half. Oh crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's I don't know. Yeah, like I said, it's it's just it's it's you know it's obviously it's it's gradual. Like you have the first kid and it's like okay, this is how it is, you know uh, you, you know, you, you, uh, slowly figure out how the day is going to work. It's like you get home and then you have dinner and then you get him in the bath and read him a book and then he goes to bed and then you do whatever you need to do. And then hopefully get to bed to not be too tired for the next day. But now we have all these other moving, m- moving parts, <laughs> um, where it's like busier work and, a couple other kids that also have to get in the bath and, uh, or maybe to, have to go to baseball. Like you said, to, yeah, this exactly. And, yeah. I mean, Cooper was Cooper. My oldest was playing baseball and soccer this last season. And then also doing a, he's in a play. Um, so I'd have to pick him up. I have to, I still, I pick him up on Wednesdays, uh, pretty late, like it's seven, six thirty seven um, to get him from play practice. So it's just, but I mean, it's, I think that uh, it's also, it's also pretty structured for what it is. You know, it's not, it's not like a lot of curveballs. It's like you have the calendar and it's, it's, you've got your work hours and you've got your, your scheduled commitments within the work hours. And maybe those extend a little bit 
where they do. And then I've got my, my family schedule, which is my, my wife's super organized. We talked about, we were just talking about people and like types of people. And she's definitely like such an organizer and, and has everything so dialed. So it's like, like, okay, well, I got to be here at this time. Got to be here at this time. And that's kind of, so I, I should just, have been scheduling with her for the podcast. Oh clearly. man, we blew it. We, we totally blew I, it. That would have had, we had that done <laughs> weeks ago. I know, she's so that, that helps is that she's super organized. I got yeah, it. Yeah, okay. it's huge, but it's, yeah, you know, like it's, it's been gradual to, to get as, as intensive as it, as it, as it is now, but it's definitely, um, the, just the gradual, uh, getting busier in gradual terms has just made it, um, an easy, easy transition to, to be what it is now. And although, you know, it's, it's night and day difference from what I, what my schedule was in Limbeck, but, but it, it just works for me now because it's been gradual and it's, um, it's as, uh, structured as my wife makes it. And it sounds like it's a life you're really happy with because you really like your day job and you love your kids, obviously, and you love being a dad. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, so. you know, like the, I could ask for a few more hours in the day and a little bit more energy would be well that cloning adequate. thing. I think if we get that, that would help. Out. That would help <laughs> for sure. That's I mean, like you know, yeah. I wish there was a, like you know last week when there's when I was working so late and missing the nights with the dudes is a bummer, and then just like kind of. um you know, the other, like I like, I still like playing music. So it's like, I wish there was a couple more hours in the day to do that. But, um, yeah. So it is what it is. in the intro, I mentioned that you've done a couple different, like kind of small side project band things, the young dudes and, uh, the pride of your EPA, but those are not really like, uh, active projects anymore. I assume they're, I mean, they're active as we make them. They're, they're still on, I'd say they're both active, but they're, they're, uh, the the young dudes are at a snail's pace while the pride of your EPA is at a slightly elevated turtle's pace. Okay. So you do <laughs> find a little time to do music stuff and those are your two outlets basically when you get a chance or Yeah, yeah. And 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 playing with Ruben's accomplice whenever they whenever Well, oh, they're they, still playing a little bit. They cool. they're yeah, they're funny. They they do random things. Well, do they kind of go through similar things just that, you know, getting older and having to do like full-time jobs and stuff? Like yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that they, they've definitely transitioned into a, a different part of their lives. I think they all, they, they, I'm not sure if they ever really hit the ground as hard as we did touring wise. Like they wouldn't be gone as much as we would, but they would do some rad tours and then, um, they're also spread out where their bass player lives in. Um, I believe he lives in St. Louis and then their drummer lives in New York. Oh, that's gotta be challenging. That's yeah. Hard to get and he actually he, trivia for that one is their drummer played on, uh, Sam's new record. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's it's going to be great. Yeah. He's yeah. All, all those people are, I mean, Sam's amazing and, uh, their drummer's insane. I think he played, I think I'm pretty sure he played on at least the first fun record, if not more than that, but, um, he's a great drummer anyways. So they were, they've, they've been all spread out too, but, um, uh, they had another, this is a cool Rubens accomplice thing that happened. They, um, are you familiar with Daniel Johnston at all? 
Yes. Uh, yeah. That guy who, oh, you're, yes, he, that one song it was on MTV or something in the 80s. Yeah. This yeah, is the guy yeah. we're talking about, right? Totally. And he, he's like kind of maybe more generally known because he one of his shirts, the Hi, How Are You, was like Kurt Cobain's yes. go-to yes. shirt with the, the alien kind of shape. Um, he's, he still, he still plays. He, he had a movie come out called the, the devil and Daniel Johnston. Yep. Yep. I saw that. Yes. Um, anyways, Ruben's accomplice was going to play open for him at a couple shows. And they called me and they're like, Hey, we're opening for Daniel Johnston. You got to come out and play pedal steel with us. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm such a huge Daniel Johnston fan. That'd be insane. Totally. Um, so they get, they gave me the set list and like, I think it was Thursday morning. I was supposed to drive out on Friday. They called me Thursday morning on my way to work. And Jeff, one of the guitar players said, Hey, remember, remember we're opening for Daniel Johnston. (laughs) Well, Hey, he, he, I just talked to his brother and he, he said, Oh, what's Dan, what's Daniel's set going to be? And Jeff's like, what are you talking about? And And I guess it wasn't fully communicated, but not only were we opening, but we were his backing band Oh, seriously? for, for two shows. So what, what transpired was totally amazing, but Jeff put together a set that day, sent me out the list of songs and the keys. And then he put together, um, a band, which Jim, Jim Adkins from Jimmy world played guitar, um, uh, the Rubens Complice guys, and then this a couple other a couple other Phoenix guys played, but we we yeah we backed Daniel Johnson for two shows out in Phoenix and Tucson, which was crazy. That is awesome. And how'd so, they go? Was it pretty good? Oh, so rad. They're on. They're, I think they're on YouTube or something. But <laughs> um, so fun. But so yeah. So <laughs> that's a sorry. That was a long long. Sensor, no, no, no. That's really cool. That, that I love stuff like that. Like. Um, playing with playing playing with those like the Rubens guys and Sam like I think on uh on his the the record that he made for the soundtrack this yeah the, this uh sinking of the Santa Isabella or something yeah like that. exactly like we at that point he was didn't have like really a, a a a band or anything I think he was just putting together those tracks as he as he made them and at that point he uh, he's like, Hey, you want to play guitar in a couple songs? And I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. So, uh, he sent out a couple songs and I played like a little bit of piano and some guitar and send them back. And then, um, that worked out well and was pretty rad to be kind of back in the loop with a bunch of those dudes. Like some of the, some of the format dudes were playing on those. And I think the format dudes played on yeah, his, his new record, new, I think. Yeah. yeah. So that was just, I, I just love being in the mix with all this, those same people on whatever capacity, I guess, long story short, it's just, it's really good to stay in touch with all those dudes. And you still find a way to do it like a little yeah. bit anyway, a little bit of connection. Yeah. So you guys keep in touch to an extent. Yeah. So this whole digital age isn't all bad. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it actually, because <laughs> it's a lot easier to collaborate yeah. and just random Daniel Johnston story is actually the friend of mine from college who introduced me to Limbeck is the one who also played Daniel Johnson for me. So, Oh, well that's right. His name is Chris Eden. And, uh, he tells me he's going to listen to my episode so we can all say, awesome. Hey, what's up? But uh, that's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just funny. That's how it works. You know, friends tell yeah. you about stuff and totally. Yeah. So one thing I was curious about is do your sons, are they aware of the, uh, Patrick Limbeck thing like do they like the fact that you were in this band and like I, your oldest I assume is old enough to kind of get it a little bit 
Yeah, barely. I think um, it's funny because we we did shows a couple years ago, kind of like a little uh, a little run up and down the coast and and out to Phoenix. And um, there was the possible there was a show we were playing, and I was like, "Dude, Cooper, you got to go." He's like, "Nah, like <laughs> no thanks." I was like, "Really?" Um, so. That was a little bit of a bummer, <laughs> but, but um, we watch. Yeah, we we watch YouTube videos every once in a while and laugh laugh about them. Um, there's a really good. I think there's a full show of you guys. It's like some basement thing or some, from some TV show or something. That's it's hilarious. Oh, is it? Oh, I, I yeah. There's the, like literally, it's called the basement. Yes, in Ohio, exactly. Right? Yes, something yeah. like that. It's it's pretty oh, yeah, pretty that. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I they're aware, and I I mean we have. I guess that's the thing with, with having them. Like I, I want, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, tr- it's a trip being a dad and like wanting them to get into certain things, but you don't want to force it or sure. make it yeah. feel unnatural. So it's like, yeah, there's a bunch of guitars around and, and there's music and records around, but it's like, I'm not going to, not going to be that dad. That's like, you gotta, you gotta get into this right now. Like, it's it's kind of I'm letting them take the take it at their own pace. That's probably a good thing. I think that yeah. they'll appreciate that later. <laughs> yeah, my 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 middle son Charlie has he like I forget how we got into Kiss, but not that I was like ever a huge Kiss fan either. But he just stumbled on Kiss, and we were watching YouTube videos, and then next thing you know, he wanted a Kiss lunchbox and. Um, kiss posters and that that was just crazy like he's he's a little he's a little bit of a wild one um (laughs) in the in the best sense of the term like he's just so fun um that's hilarious because he's basically being like a 70s kid you know because that's what kids it was kiss was the thing and you could get all kiss merchandise and stuff and totally it's funny he's doing that now that's that's super and we actually we we it's funny too it it became it came before he liked the band but at 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 work, we did uh, a series of these hooded sweatshirts that we did a kiss series, like licensed kiss merchandise that were zip up sweatshirts that like, um, I think, I think we, it might've even been, uh, a technology that we were starting up, but the, the thing where you could zip the sweatshirt over your face. Oh, sure. And yeah. we did these kiss, kiss sweatshirts. <laughs> So we have a Gene Simmons sweatshirt that he likes to wear. That's like does it have the screen print like over for his face? It's yeah, it's got like a mesh mesh face print that you like zip up over your face with the tongue hanging out, and it's got like a <laughs> hairy chest. It's pretty funny. But that is hilarious. It worked out. It was like oh, does we have one of those Gene Simmons? <laughs> that's awesome. Like, and he's into it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that that I I was impressed. I mean that's a that's a crazy thing with kids too that. I've no like I really enjoy is that they just discover things and and things happen at such a a pace that I just you can't guess or even know about like uh, I always thought that that would be and no, I, I didn't think that that would be immediate but I guess I guess what happened like like Cooper my first son was just such a different like a his own person and then to have the, my second son come around and be such a different person in a lot of ways it's just so crazy because it you know he's he's coming from the same two people and just right it's just such a different person it's so cool that is really cool yeah 
So I, I will let you go here pretty quick, but I do have to ask. Uh, I, I mentioned in the intro that you were in a Swiffer commercial, yeah. <laughs> which again, I will link to. And I have to ask, how did that happen? That's, that's another uh, situation like, like Apple almost, where um, a friend of mine um, worked at a PR firm and was like, hey, I'm doing this spot for Swiffer and uh, looking for like this angle where it's like dads that, that clean the house and like with their kids and all stuff. And, and we had a, we had an interview with some other people there, um, like a phone interview and then did a, uh, video interview with the, with the dudes and, um, with my dudes and, um, seemed like a good, a good, a good match for what they're looking for. Um, so then we, then they're like, okay, we're doing this commercial thing. And, we went up to um, Pasadena and awkwardly filmed the commercial. <laughs> you mean that's not your actual house? <laughs> it's not my house. <laughs> and and do you actually clean? Are you a dad who cleans? Actually, I am. I am. I, I mean, we're kind of like a, we're just kind of like a whoever can do it. Sure. Like we're not Carolyn and my wife and I are just like, it's, you know, it's so bu- We're so busy that if somebody has the time to do something, then they'll do it. Which actually fits the spot well, because that's really what it was saying is that, well, nowadays, you know, dads are, are chipping in a lot more than they used to with house, housework and stuff. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. Totally. Shit, sign of the times, man. That's right. So did that thing ever air on TV or was it just online only? No, it was just an online thing. It's still it's still pretty cool. I like. Yeah, it was cool. I, I got a trip out to New York. They did like a launch for it in New York. Oh, cool. And, uh, got to go out there and then hung out with John Cheese, our old road manager. He lives out there now. Oh, nice. So, so maybe this is going to be the next thing after Volcom is that you will be a, <laughs> a commercial. Uh, I don't know that actor. that ended up being a lot, a lot different than I thought it was going to be like, so, so cause a lot of those guys that were doing that, like that's kind of their thing. Like they're sure. more, like, they do it like their dads well, in commercials probably. Yeah. I mean, they, they, well, they play a type or whatever. Like I, like, I started a, like, a blog about doing dad stuff and I was like, this will be cool. Just doing stuff that I dig like, Oh, revelation records makes a gorilla biscuits sweatshirt for kids like just kind of awareness of people that are are maybe in my same position of like upbringing and where they came from and what they're into and 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 presenting that kind of stuff as just kind of a a tool an internet tool so i start i started that but then um the other guys are super cool but they're they're definitely like full time maybe not full time but almost full time dad bloggers who like you know, they were off to other engagements like that. Even out there in New York, they're like, oh, I got to go to this meeting for this other brand and whatever. And I was like, oh, I got to go drink beers with John Cheese. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then when you get home, you got a lot of work and you're working 14, 15 hour days. So oh, this is man, probably, yeah. not, probably not going to be your next. Well, again, maybe it'll be your full time thing someday. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who <laughs> That's knows? pretty awesome. Well, yeah, I, I can let you go. I've talked your ear off and I appreciate uh, all the great stories. Yeah, thank you, man. It was it was actually very introspective. Good. I yeah. that's what I hope to bring to it is, you know, from the outside make people think about their own lives a little bit differently and Yeah. And I think your story is really interesting and obviously it continues to evolve and and I I hope that you know, you keep loving your job and and everything keeps going well. So thank you so much for uh for your time. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Thanks for your time too. <laughs>